First time Lord, I'm Daniel Levane, and until I started this podcast, I had never seen a single episode of Doctor Who, and now I am absolutely in love with the show. I cannot stop. I just can't get enough of it. And now I am super eager to jump into this week's episode. It's episode three from season two. The name is School Reunion, and I need somebody to help me understand what I just watched because it feels like there's a lot of Doctor Who history in this episode. So who better than to hold my hand and get me through this lesson than Ashley Martin? Hello! I'm so happy you're in season two. I am so happy to be in any season uh, and any opportunity I get to chat with the (laughs) lovely Ashley Martin is a great opportunity. But yes, I am thoroughly enjoying this 10th doctor, the the new doctor for me, not for anybody else. But yes, David Tennant, finally, we get to chat about him. And we are talking about Dear Listener School Reunion. If you have not seen this episode or haven't seen it in a while, you might want to watch it because I'm going to ask questions and inevitably I am going to spoil the episode because it's sometimes impossible to ask and get my questions answered without delving into what the subject of the episode is. So take a moment, pause the podcast, watch the show and come back. And there you go. Welcome back. So Ashley, first question. When did she meet the doctor? He said several reincarnations or no, not reincarnations. Regenerations. Regenerations. (laughs) Eventually I'm going to get that. He says several dozen regenerations. So when, when did she first meet? Like which doctor did she, which doctor was she the companion for? (laughs) Okay. So, so Sarah Jane Smith is the original favorite fan favorite, most favorite companion that was ever on the show. Um, wow. You know, you, I know you haven't watched a lot of the older Doctor Who, but you mentioned the one with the scarf. Because um, I, I, I've seen like Jenny, Jenny Faye, who has been on the show. Uh, she is a lot of fan art with him and she's shown me some images of him. So I've seen him. I don't know that I've actually seen any episodes of him, though. Right. So he's pretty much the most famous Doctor of the classic era. Um, so when the two of them were together, it was, it was golden. Um, but she actually started with the third doctor. Um, and then she was with him through his regeneration into the fourth, um, and traveled with the fourth. Um, she was on for four seasons with them and she just became so famous in Dr. Who lore. If you're a Whovian, you know who Sarah Jane Smith is. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, she got to meet Davros, the creator of the Daleks. Um, and like she kind of says in this one, you know, he was summoned home and she stayed on earth and she kind of just got left behind. Um, so she has this epic you know, story through Doctor Who history. She was in the 20th anniversary special where she got to meet the sec doctor. So she has met and interacted with doctors one through five by this time. So when the 10th doctor says that, you know, he's regenerated a half a dozen times since she saw him last, makes sense. Five to 10. Wow. So she's, yeah, so she's, she's been around for a while. And is she the actual actress? 
outside of the the canon. Yes, the Elizabeth it's, Sladen. So it's the same actress that they brought back to. Uh, that's fantastic because the moment she appeared, I was like, "Yes, what? the doctor has a love interest." And as soon as that moment came out where she was a an, a, an a, a companion, immediately I was like, "What? I need to know more." And I knew that you were the right guest for the for the podcast <laughs> because in, inevitably you were going to have all this knowledge um of of who she was um so outside of that easy question uh we were introduced to a new <laughs> race of aliens uh that apparently uh is, what's her name again the the character name ashley no of the of sarah jane Sarah Jane. Yes. Sorry. You know, names and me. Again, if, if you're a first time <laughs> listener, I can't, I have a block, a mental block. I just, names don't stay in my brain very easily. So it takes months and months of memorization for me to remember. But so it, it sounds like Sarah even knew a little bit about the species. Uh, did I pick that up wrong? Uh, yeah. I mean, she had been with him for so long and got exposed to so many things, you know, that part where she and Rose were kind of having a back and forth. Oh, I've seen this and I've seen that, you know, this is not anything strange or unusual to her. Sure. Sure. Um, but it, it was a while since the doctor had last seen them because he said the last time he remembers seeing them, they had long necks. And uh, so mm-hmm. are these like, uh, are these like the Borg where, you know, they assimilate, traits of the the races they destroy yeah i guess you could put it a little bit like that uh the way he describes it is they cherry pick the best parts of those that they conquer and then add that to their person um and that's why later when they get to the crilatine oil even though that is of their species he says that um you know they can't be around it because they've changed so much that even they can't stand it now. Hmm. So how do they, is the oil a secretion of theirs? Like, I, I don't, I understand <laughs> that they use the oil to uh, nurture the intelligence of the children to help them solve this God equation, uh, which got questions about that too. But um, like how, <laughs> where did the oil come from? That I do not know. Okay. And I don't want to make, up an answer they really say in the episode <laughs> sure sure it, it just it, he he mentions yes you know the, the the they've become so advanced that their own oil is now you know something that they have an extreme allergic reaction to uh but i'm like well then where do they get the oil like is there the one guy that's not allergic then they're like okay it's my job to milk the <laughs> You know, like it, clearly they were treating it like this thing was radioactive and moving it. You know, like you'd think they'd secure it a little bit yeah. better. Top would have a more secure system than like, oh, you tipped it. Ah, now you're dead. But I, I also love the the <laughs> fact that they like take the the lady, the lunch lady into the office and then she starts screaming bloody murder. She's like, what you doing? Calling an ambulance. No need. She's quite all right. She does that. She's fine. It's fine. <laughs> right. 
everything is good. It's okay. You know, it's, it's fine. Um, Just a normal day at the school. So the, the, the leader seems, he says to the doctor, he tells the doctor that he's, he prefers, or for whatever reason, he's uh, adopted the, the look of the humans, but are, are the, it doesn't sound like they are as old as the doctor, but it sounds like their lifespan is significantly mm-hmm. longer than that of a normal human being. Did I pick that up wrong? Uh, definitely, yeah. They're not the average human lifespan. Excellent. Uh, yeah, because it, 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 it sounded like he had all this knowledge of the Time Lords and knew that mm-hmm. they had gone extinct so that he was the last one. So it sounds like this mm-hmm. race is very acutely aware of what's happening uh, in the universe as a whole. Uh, and so there, there's an interesting offer that they make him. Uh, it, it, the, it seems like their nefarious plan was to use the children uh, and their innocence and their intelligence to solve the God equation. What do they call it in the show? The Skasis paradigm. The Skasis paradigm. But in essence, the equation that would imbue them with the ability to control matter and time and space, basically to... It's like the infinity stones uh, (laughs) of this universe. It would give them complete control of everything. Um, Why why would he offer the doctor an opportunity to share in this learning? Like if you're going to be given this much power or you're going to, in theory, receive this much power from what the kids are learning – why offer to share it with the doctor? I think because he recognizes how powerful the doctor is and how smart he is and that he could be a formidable enemy. And so he'd rather have him, you know, as a, as a pal and confidant working with them. And that's why he makes them that, that tempting offer. Yeah, because once again, the doctor has that moment of like, ooh, interesting concept to be able to have this at my beck and call. Uh, but ultimately the doctor does make the, the right decision, at least for the moment. Um, it was great to see in this episode, uh, the return of Mickey, the fact that it was Mickey that actually summoned them. So that mm-hmm. was great to, to know that he is still able to reach out uh, and that Rose still responds to that. Um, and to see Mickey sort of participate, and as usual, the doctor kind of puts him in the doghouse, quite literally this time. <laughs> I'm the tin dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm the tin dog. Uh, which, speaking Aww. of, uh, Jenny brought it up, and we talked about it a little bit. Uh, tell, me, tell me a little bit more about K-9, because clearly the doctor has a history with it, but it doesn't, I mean, clearly by the design, I can see that this was something that was made up in the 70s uh, at some point. Right, so, right. Um, so, yeah, he did originate in the 70s on the show. Um, if we're getting really technical here, he was invented by Professor Frederick Marius in the year 5000, um, mm. the canine uh, robot itself. Um, but there have been several on different... Earth. 
Okay. Well, there have been s- several different iterations of K9. There wasn't just one robot. Okay. Um, and so, I mean, the fourth doctor himself even made one. Um, mm-hmm. So there's been different ones. Um, and the K9 at the very end of the episode that's going down the lane with Sarah Jane is one of the original ones from the 70s. From, that was created in the year 5000. Yes. That's what they were talking about. Bro has made a comment that... Why does he look so disco? Oi! Listen, in the year 5000, this was cutting edge. You you hinted at the fact that it may not be Earth. No, he the professor was working on something in space, and so he couldn't bring his real dog. So he made a robot dog, and then there was all this back and forth, and... It's very complicated. <laughs> okay. No, no, fair enough. Some of these questions I know can delve deeply into the lore. And so I want to make sure I understand them. Um, but clearly the doctor enjoys K-9 and, and, and got a good kick out of seeing him again and making him work again. So that was a sweet moment. Oh, for, yeah. It, it just it seemed like a, a very genuine, you know, moment for him to, you know, get excited by K-9's uh, existence and the fact that she was still holding on to him. Uh, so I'm guessing, was he fairly prevalent when, when she was on? K-9 meaning. Yes. Yes, he was on the show with her, and um, there was a spinoff that Sarah Jane was given in 81 called K-9 and Company, and that's where she was given K-9. That's why mm. he was with her. Oh. Um, and then it's not its not really a spoiler. K-9 had his own series. Yeah, and it's not really that much of a spoiler, but after this episode aired, Sarah Jane was given her own spinoff show called The Sarah Jane Adventures. So she has new adventures after the show. Correct. Interesting. But they don't tie back into, other than this one little moment, they don't tie back into the overall story? Spoilers. Oh. So more stuff that I have to find and watch. Well, you don't necessarily have to watch the spinoff, um, but this may not be the end. And it may not be the only spinoff of Doctor Who. Well, speaking of uh, not the only spinoff, um, there <laughs> is an appearance as um, Mickey is trying to hack his way into what happened with these aliens uh, or possible aliens that, of course, turn out to be the bad people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he He's trying to find something and he's blocked and it said something about torchwood torchwood access denied torchwood access denied so uh, we uh, we now know or i now know that torchwood is a a formidable organization Uh, i mean they use the entire city of london as the conductor dish for their death star ray (laughs) yeah and we saw the genesis of torchwood when queen the queen gets attacked by the werewolf and ultimately decides we're going to form the society and hey you've got the torch the torchwood estate Let's start this organization here. So we've seen the origins and we've seen Mm -hmm. their might. 
So is this basically like a unit replacement or is this like running at the same time as the UN unit? It's not the same as unit. Um, In the way that Bad Wolf was the running theme last season, Torchwood definitely is for this season. Mm. And it is not what you think it is. Um, It has a life beyond this season. And it involves somebody that you wouldn't imagine right now, but you will find out. Interesting. So I can't tell you more than that. <laughs> no, no, no. And and I appreciate that because la- last season I immediately gleamed on to Bad Wolf. I, I, I remember it was the Unquiet Dead that Bad Wolf got mentioned. I asked Jenny, who happened to be the guest for that episode, and she's like, uh, sure, spoilers. And the rest of the season, I was like, anytime it came up, I was like, Any, anything else? Anything else? Down to where I thought I had it in talking to Eric. And and Eric's like, ah, maybe you should wait to form your full opinion until the next episode. <laughs> and of course, I, I couldn't see it coming. And I remember asking you and Jenny, uh, because that was that was a big surprise. So I'm I'm glad that there is a new thing that I can now chase every episode, and that uh, Torchwood is my my new bone to sort of gnaw at <laughs> for this episode or for this season. <laughs> so we talked about K nine. We've talked about Sarah and, or Sarah Jane. Is it always Sarah Jane, or can it just be Sarah? Yes. My Sarah Jane. <laughs> Sarah Jane. So it, it has to be Sarah Jane. Uh, so we, we now know their origin. Um, you mentioned it briefly, but I found it delightful that uh, Rose and Sarah, who clearly had a very combative initial meeting, start to bond over their crazy adventures, over the, the this insane lifestyle that they choose. <laughs> Uh, and ultimately end up giggling like little schoolgirls. And in the middle of this like incredibly <laughs> tense moment, the doctor's like, well, what's going on? And they couldn't even talk to him. And he's like, guys, come on, seriously. <laughs> what's happening here? You know, I. And the great part about that laugh is that uh, David Tennant had his makeup artist draw a mustache on him. And that's what they were laughing at oh, in the shot. That's hilarious. Because <laughs> it seems so genuine. Because they didn't know he was going to do it, <laughs> and it was such a like such a wonderful moment to see Rose be the you know. I, I mentioned how you know she doesn't look like the eighteen year old that she's playing, and so sometimes mentally it's difficult for me to remember that she is supposed to be this very young girl. And when we have moments like this, you're like, oh, there's Rose. There's the the young innocence. There's that, you know, uh, the the ability to, in, in a moment of great danger and great importance, to just completely lose it. Um, and, and for Sarah to also have that moment, 
seeing how they've both clearly have now been in situations similar to this many, many times, uh, I, I found that moment quite interesting uh, and quite endearing as as a character trait for both of them. Yeah, the two of them together, they were wonderful. And a big part of this episode was to show the similarities between Rose and Sarah Jane. I mean, it's this episode brought out so many uh, things that the doctor and Rose had never really talked about before. Mm-hmm. You know, they had that great conversation where she says, is that what just happens? You just leave us behind. And, you know, I don't think Rose had ever really thought about it before. I think in her mind, she was just going to travel with the doctor forever. And she didn't think about the fact that he doesn't age and she does. I, well, and, I love the fact that she said specifically that it had never occurred to her that she wasn't the first one. Yes. Because, uh, you know, as as a new fan of the show, she is the first person I've ever seen be with the doctor. Uh, so it was easy for me to sympathize with her saying that. And it wasn't until the moment she said that, that it made me stop to think and realize, well, of course there's been other other companions because of what he, what the doctor then says, like you mentioned, he, he gets old, he keeps aging, he keeps growing, but he never ages because of the regeneration. So he has this infinite life and they don't. Yeah. And it's, it's so sad. I mean, Mm. I just, I mean, you know, Rose is my favorite and my heart just, breaks for her because, you know, at this point, I think you can see the relationship between Rose and the doctor, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're not just friends. And she sees that he had this relationship with Sarah Jane, even though he was a different man. And she says, you were so close to Sarah Jane once now you don't even mention her. Why is that? And he tells her, you know, imagine watching someone that you, and he never finishes his sentence, but we know he's going to say love. Um, Imagine watching someone that you love wither and age and die. And, you know, you stay young and there's nothing you can do about it. So, I mean, you have to imagine that his entire life for 900 years, he's always had to just pick up and go and not look back because if he sat and thought about all of the people that he's cared about, um, you know, getting older and dying and him still being the only one left. I mean, it's, it's just heartbreaking. Um, and that line that he says to her when he says, imagine watching that happen to someone that you dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's going to say love. Remember that. Mm. I'll just, I'll just say that. Yeah. And he says, you can spend the rest of your life with me. But I can't spend the rest of mine with you. I have to live on. Alone. Oh, that just broke me. There's a bit... I found it heartbreaking, certainly because these are two characters that I've grown to like. But more importantly, again, I compare things uh, from previous viewing you know from other pop culture that i've consumed throughout the years 
And the the thing about Highlander that got me, the reason that uh, Highlander was so important to me as a young person, other than the fact that, you know, it was an excuse to play with swords with my friends, <laughs> is the idea that you could have this amazing ability never to die. And that it's also a curse because then you watch those who you love wither and die in front of you and there is nothing you can do about it and so for the doctor to say that it's a concept that i've already visited as a as a as a fan it's a concept that i'm aware of and it's a very painful thing to deal with uh you know one of the the highlander for me is uh made by the soundtrack of uh, by Queen and the song Who Wants to Live Forever is the most heart-wrenching love song ever because it is about loving somebody as you see them wither and die and you're staying young forever and so uh, like immediately while I, I I'm I was along the I, I was along for the ride with Rose because again as a first-time viewer she is my one and only and when she says I know I I didn't realize I wasn't the only one immediately that's what came to mind was this this Highlander moment so as he whispers or not whispers but as he says that to her it immediately just evoked all those emotions and you can't help it but to feel absolutely just horrible for the doctor that what a horrible thing to have a character go through time and time again and now that we know he's 900 years old so as it pertains to humans that's nine generations or more Mm -hmm. that he would have watched grow you know be born grow and and die and he remains the same. He remains forever sort of frozen in that moment. And just when it's time, he'll regenerate. So the, as a fan of other <laughs> sort of uh, pop culture that prepared me for the idea of immortality, what a sucker punch to have that come out of the doctor. Because I honestly, I hadn't connected it. I hadn't thought of him as as the immortal the the way that i think of immortals as i do in highlander and this show this episode all of a sudden just connected those two and now it it, it's going to be hard to to see him without thinking of that heartbreak uh and i'm sure you know that his his stories and his uh companions will go on but what an immense amount of sadness to add to a character. You know, that's that's a lot of depth. Yeah. I mean, it, their relationship just, it's, oh, it just gets me. And this episode, like you said, it's like a punch in the stomach. Just the realization and oh, just the, Rose, I feel like means as much to him as Sarah Jane did. And, Although we know that, you know, that there are more companions down the road, mm-hmm. um, her presence is felt for a long time. Um, 
And I love that line at the end of this episode when she and Sarah Jane, you know, kind of go into a corner together and she says, you know, what do I do? Do I stay with him? Because now she's thought about all of this. And she said, yeah, you know, some things are worth getting your heart broken for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I love that she tells her to, you know, call me if you need me. Um, because she's been through it. Right. She she's, has been Rose. She is the one person beyond anybody else that can absolutely not only understand what she's going through, but be able to color it with her own experience and give her genuine advice that wouldn't just be completely, you know, made up canned responses. Like that, I like that. I also like that uh, Sarah is the one that fights for Mickey to stay and go on his first adventure in the TARDIS. <laughs> yeah, she said, you need a smith in the TARDIS. Right, like he had indicated many times that he wanted to, that there was part of him that was willing to go on the adventure, but he wasn't quite ready. And all of a sudden you're like, yeah, let's do this. I, I'm, re- I'm ready to do this. And then, of course, you know, Rose is like, okay, I guess you could come. Uh, but, it, you know, I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see Mickey get into some hijinks uh, now that he's traveling with them. Yeah, and I'd always thought it was funny, you know, when he goes, oh, I want, he's ready to join. I want to join. And, and Rose just looks so annoyed. But I had never noticed until I rewatched it that she actually mouths the word no to the doctor when Mickey asks mm-hmm. if he can come along. She's like, no. Because she she wants the doctor to herself. That's that's kind <laughs> of what mean, I got. Is you know, that even, she she's like part of part of the reason she likes it or she feels special is that she's the only one. And you know, in meeting mm-hmm. Sarah, all of a sudden, it 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 really shakes her. One because it forces her to come to the realization she's not the only one the doctor's ever had in this manner or, you know, and she knows how she feels for the doctor. So, you know, immediately there's that jealousy that pings at you. Uh, but then all of a sudden to have that happen and then to have your boyfriend or your boy toy or whatever, you know, Mickey is at this point say, sure, I want to stick around. I want to go with you guys just <laughs> as their relationship is deepening and just had this moment of course she doesn't want him there. She needs she needs time to process this. She needs time to have a conversation with the doctor. She's not <laughs> yeah. going to be able to have it with Mickey around. So well, I, uh, I understand what poor, you know, what poor Rose girl got to deal with. Yeah, and I do think that by this point Mickey has realized you know that he and Rose they are not together anymore. I mean, he even says at the beginning when Sarah Jane and Rose meet. Oh, mate, the missus and the ex. Welcome to every man's worst nightmare. So, you know, he doesn't really see them as still together. I think this. I, I think he realizes that if anything, their relationship is much more complicated than just the simple, yes, she's my girlfriend or no, she's not my girlfriend. Uh, and that if there is still any lingering emotions between them, he recognizes that there's also some level of connection and emotion going on between him, her, Rose, and the doctor. 
and that the doctor seems to genuinely care. One hundred percent. You know, he. I, I think he genuinely cares for both of them. Um, we haven't quite seen uh, this regeneration. Ah, I almost said, but I got it. You got it. Re, this <laughs> regeneration. We haven't seen him interact with uh, Mickey a whole lot. He was excited to see him and, mm-hmm. in the uh, Christmas episode. But, you know, the, as as the the encounters between the ninth doctor and Mickey kept gathering, you could see that Mickey and the doctor were starting to become very comfortable with each other and that they, they were certainly starting to carry on a relationship mm-hmm. that is unique to both of them that did not involve Rose. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, that moment where he walks into the TARDIS and he says something about big ears and the doctor goes, hey, and he goes, look at the mirror. You know, <laughs> there was clearly a familiarity that started to form. So I think that's part of what leads Mickey in this instance to sort of become the braver version of himself and say, all right, let's 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 do this. Uh, I'm willing to go along. Uh, of course, it comes at a time in which Rose couldn't be less ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Rose, she wants some alone time. I mean, I mean, she's she's had some alone time, and especially coming out of uh, Tooth and Claw, you know, she her her yeah. relationship with the Doctor, the, this regeneration uh, of the Doctor is definitely starting to click, and it, it's taken her a little bit to sort of come to grips with the fact that he's a different person, but he's the same person. Uh, and their relationship now has this different dynamics to it. Uh, so yeah, I, I understand Rose, but I'm also very excited to see Mickey go along. Uh, so final question. Uh, it seemed like this was uh, kind of the race that will be like the Slovenes, a race that we'll probably see more of. Am I close? Not, not really. <laughs> no, okay. Swing and a miss. All right, That's so we're okay. not going to see these guys, the bad people. <laughs> the Krillitanes. The Krillitanes. Sure. And leave it to me. I will probably remember that more than Sarah's name uh, going forward. Um, so, okay, that was my last <laughs> question. Uh, <laughs> what did I miss from this episode that uh, I should keep an eye on or keep in the back of my mind for future episodes? I don't know if there's anything that you particularly missed. Um, I just had my usual little fun facts that I thought were interesting. Um, Which is my favorite part of having you in the episodes, (laughs) by the way. I almost feel like I need to bring you into every episode just to add the little coda and like fun facts by Ashley. Alert. Um, and the only other thing I had was um, it'll be an ongoing joke as you go along. Um, the interior of the TARDIS has looked different throughout the years. Um, and when Sarah Jane noted, oh, you've redecorated, that's going to be an ongoing joke mm. throughout the show. So just remember that. Okay. Yeah, I haven't, uh, I know that uh, I, I picked it up almost immediately. With the ninth doctor, with Eccleston, fantastic was his catchphrase. I 
haven't quite mm-hmm. figured out what uh, what mm-hmm. tenants is yet. Have I missed it? Has he said it and I just haven't picked he up on it yet? No, you haven't missed it. Um, it doesn't actually really come into play until season four. Okay. And then it becomes his go-to catchphrase. Oh, wow. So it takes him a little bit because... We're, we're only in season two, so it takes them a couple of seasons to define that catchphrase, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, he does also have um, phrases that he repeats throughout the next few years, but his official catchphrase is in season four. Well, and uh, I believe it was uh, Ian that mentioned that, uh, I guess, <clears throat> uh, David Tennant loved running. And so there's like, he's the most running doctor there is. And I noticed there's a couple of scenes in this episode where he's just jogging back and forth in his little converse. Uh, but so I, I, I've picked up on that, you know, mostly after it was pointed out. <laughs> so excellent. Is there anything that uh, I left yeah. out that I didn't ask you that uh, that you feel I should be aware of or any other fun little tidbits? Uh, only that I think you're starting to see some groundwork being laid uh, regarding Rose in the fact that she's meeting somebody who's been through what she's been through and... Um, you know, she thinks she's going to travel with the doctor forever. And he says, I wouldn't do that to you, which surprised me when he said that. Mm. Um, but yeah, just the groundwork of Rose's journey is definitely starting to be layered in now. Well, it, in this episode, it definitely hit, hit in the, uh, in the emotional parts of my heart, uh, her her conversation with the doctor will definitely be something that I'm going to carry with me for a little bit. Absolutely. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining me for another fun episode. Uh, and as always, thank you for bringing the fun little tidbits. Uh, it, like I said, it's my favorite part. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, and thank you, dear listener, for making it to the end of yet another First Time Lord podcast. Uh, We greatly appreciate that you're here and that you're listening. If you want to extend the experience, please visit the firsttimelord.com website, in which you can find all of our previous episodes. You can leave comments on all those episodes. So if there's something that was missed out of the conversation that you feel uh, would add to my understanding of Doctor Who and my appreciation for Doctor Who, feel free to leave us that comment on the website. You can also find our merch store. We have some awesome uh, shirts up there. Uh, The Christmas stuff will be going away pretty soon so get them now while they are still available and uh, you can always also find me on patreon if you look for daniel levane uh, or you can of course follow the link on firsttimelord.com but five dollars gets you these episodes as soon as they're available and for a few more dollars you can get extra tiers uh, like getting uh, things that are cut out of the episode for time mostly but that are either funny or you know tangents that uh, give us a lot more information just gets cut out of the show mostly for time 
So you can find me at Patreon as Daniel Levain, or like I said, as always, visit firsttimelord.com and all of the information is there. And all your support is, as always, greatly appreciated. But I guess it's now time for me to go catch that next Doctor Who episode. I loved K9. Wasn't he adorable?